When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It is such an honor for me tonight to be recording in front of a live audience um, at the beautiful new Fittler Club in Philadelphia. Um, Give yourselves a round of applause. Um, with me and, and joining me in just a moment is Diane Grissel. And Diane is the founder of uh, Silver Disobedience. She is a direct model for Wilhelmina. And she is an author and also the president of DGI Companies. And she'll be with me in just a moment. Uh, a reminder as we go into our breaks to stay with us for our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors from Jefferson Health, uh, Nutrisystem, Fortis Wealth, and Pathways Consulting, uh, where you've got all kinds of great information on your health and finance and uh, business and leadership. Um, I'm ready to welcome Diane to the show. Diane, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. It's really wonderful. It's a little bit different. I'm outside of my studio um, to have people staring at us and in, in, in the audience here, but it's going to be a great night. And um, I wanted to start, as I always do, with your background and, and give the audience a sense of where you came from and, and how you grew up. And I understand you were born on Long Island, the fourth out of five children. Um, and I, I loved this when I read about um, doing my research that you weren't allowed to watch television, so you read the uh, Britannica Encyclopedia for fun. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, my parents let us watch Walt Disney on Sunday nights, but other than that, we weren't allowed to watch television. And um, so you have to occupy your time. So I actually listened to a lot of radio. I loved mystery theater because I could put on headphones right. and watch, you know, listen to that and let my imagination soar. And then for other fun things, I memorized the presidents, the order of the presidents, who was the vice president, their initials, and used to play that game with my younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> You do what you have to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Your mom and dad were a a big influence on your life. And I love that your mom took you to see Queen. Yes, she did. When you were were a kid. Twice. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, um, how do you live by her credo today in, in your life? You know, my mom is 90 years old. And she could run circles around all of us to this day. She just always took care of herself ate well, walked, Um, kind of a funny thing. One time she was walking and she was jumping in the pool and she said, oh, I I jumped to Jackson Brown. He's so uplifting. And we all (laughs) said, you must have the wrong artist. And then we realized she was talking about George Benson. So she had him a little mixed (laughs) up. But she led by example. 
She really led by example. And when you walked in our house, there were two signs you couldn't leave every day. One said, know thyself. Mm. And the other said, today is a gift. And needless to say, there were many of times I, we all, all five of us kids wanted to take those signs and break them when we'd have something that was bothering us. And my mom would just say, just remember, today is a gift. She didn't want to hear your venting. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you know, that's a big part of your, I would say, your mantra today. And, and for those that don't know your story, what you're doing um, has a lot to do with kind of, you know, living life to the fullest every day. And we hear that, you know, um, in media and in conversations with people, and we talk about that. I guess my question for you is, how do we really do that in spite of uh, things that happen in our life, challenges, and, and perhaps people in our life around us that derail are waking up every day and saying, it's a gift? Well, I think there are two things for me. One is... As we talked about before, you, you never know when the second half of your life began. And people get to age 50 and they say, oh, I'm halfway there. Well, you know, the fact is September 11th was a big impact in my life. I was downtown that day and I had a ver we had a very young daughter. And there were people who died that day who were 30. Well, their second half of their life began at 15. And so you don't know. We take for granted that you think you're going to get to this point and you have more time to do whatever it is you want to do. But the fact is, you might as well get started today because you don't know when and you won't care if it's all over. I mean, it's over when it's over. You can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason to not start today and just start rocking it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And doesn't that also teach us about the fact that things that we really worry about and stress about are so not important? You know, they're not important. And they can feel overwhelming. But I always tell people, to me, emotions are like the ocean. When the tides are coming in, you feel overwhelmed. They can feel like you're getting drowned. But you know what the fact is? The ocean goes back out. The tides come in, the tides go out. And it's the same thing with emotions. And if we can just kind of learn to surf and ride the kahunas when they're coming at us, it's... You can enjoy it. Yeah, that's a great visual, it you is. know, to, to remind ourselves of. Um, you started your first business, a health newsletter, yes. at 19, followed by a clothing company at 21. That's very impressive to me, because at 19 and 21, you know, that was the last thing from my mind. Um, where did that confidence come? Well, I'm not so sure it was confidence. <laughs> I think it was probably more survival. I had gone to college. I failed accounting three times even though today my accountant says I can come work for him any time because I learned it the hard way. <laughs> but to me, debits and credits should never balance out. And I could not get through that concept. It just was like, no, you should always have more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff. And they should never be considered even. Right. And that was a real difficult concept for me. So I think it was more of a survival mode. And work became a big part of my self-esteem. I it took me a long time to get comfortable with who I was. Um, I think growing up, I was there's always the kid in the family who balances out whatever's going on within the family dynamic. I was the balancer. And so work became an area where I could feel good about myself. I could get the reward, the accomplishment, which sometimes is the money. Mm, and that, right. that's a nice, that's a really nice reward. Yeah. But sometimes it's just knowing you did it. Yeah. Are you still that way today when you look at your work and you're very, very active and, and you're involved in a lot of different things? Are you still looking for that sense of accomplishment? Is that what kind of You know, it's funny. You now it's a game. Mm. Now it's a game. I look at life as this gigantic game. Uh, it's kind of like a big monopoly. And all these things you can play, all these things you can do, and you can go through it passively. Or you can go through it and live it large, you know, and I kind of take it back to Queen. And I don't know who all saw the, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody um, movie or anything else like that. Freddie Mercury, I was a member of the Queen fan club in seventh <laughs> grade. <laughs> I had every magazine. I could tell you every fact about that band. And I remember as a young kid thinking, I'm so glad 
there was a space for a Freddie Mercury in life or a Mick Jagger or a David Bowie, people that were so beyond creative and mm-hmm. were owned that creativity and allowed themselves to express it. And I admire that. Mm. It's it. It reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about originality. If you're one of a kind, what is more powerful than that? And I believe that wholeheartedly. I tell people that and reinforce it as often as I can in my writing. It's our responsibility to whatever you believe made you, whether you believe in God or you believe in nature or whatever it is, some force bigger than us created something that makes us all. Mm. It's a miracle. And there's never going to be another Sue Rocco, no matter (laughs) what happens, no matter what happens. You're a one of a kind. Everybody sitting here is a one of a kind. So how can you compare? You can't say, oh, well, we're you're better at this than me. I mean, there's no comparison. That's right. Yeah, there is no better. I went, We're going to go into our first break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what your beliefs are. What is your, you know, uh, grand beliefs or spirituality? Uh, stay with us for Dawn's Ear of Nutrisystem. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. CEO Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here with today's CEO Watch. Today, I want to talk about the power of influence. The ability to motivate, inspire, and influence is really what separates a true leader from a manager. Leadership is not about barking orders or creating a to-do list. As a CEO, it's about garnering followership from all stakeholders, including employees, the board of directors, as well as investors and customers. The most influential leaders often exhibit five qualities which I try to emulate. One, authenticity. Be authentic and approachable and always demonstrate high integrity and transparency to earn trust and credibility. While for some, charisma may accompany this, the secret sauce is truly authenticity. People follow those they trust. Two, empowerment. Steve Jobs once said, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. Your people are your greatest asset, so trust in them. You hired them for a reason. Let them show you why you did. Three, communicate. It's critical to communicate your vision. And by that, I mean the why, not just the what and the how. The most influential leaders are often expert storytellers who can clearly articulate a reason to believe. As a leader, you must harness the passion of the organization towards a common mission. Four, widely give credit. In an organization, community, or family, no one person deserves all the credit. Widely credit others because no one gets anywhere on their own and everyone likes to be acknowledged. Five, remember, one cannot command respect, it must be earned. As a leader, I always remind myself that in order to receive respect from others, I must show them respect. A mutually respectful relationship where one can listen, discuss, and debate ultimately creates a trusting relationship and contributes positively to the business. If you do these five things well, you'll create the foundational blocks for being able to influence others. Thanks for listening. I'm Dawn Zier here for CEO Watch. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Just before the break, we were talking about probably something that I love the most um, in the messaging around this show is about originality. And I think when you know what your beliefs are from, you know, uh, in a universal standpoint, it helps you stay on track. So I wanted to ask you what your, you know, beliefs are. What do you believe happens in the afterlife? What keeps you on track spiritually? You know, I don't know if I go so far into the afterlife because I'm very focused on the present, but I do believe in God. 
And I believe that God to me is nature and God is you and God is you and you and you. And that's how I view life. And so I believe if I look at every person I meet as God, it changes my perspective on how I relate to them in every sense of the word. Mm. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's really yeah. how I see it. Yeah. Um, over the past 30 years, corporations have brought you in for mm-hmm. strategic advice and, and planning f- around lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think for people who are entrepreneurs or looking to start their own businesses, people are always looking for advice on how do you build out that personal brand. Obviously, for you as a model with Wilhelmina, you've been able to do that. But in the beginning, um, starting your communications company, how did you how did you get your reputation out there? How did you um, have companies come to you to help them strategically? I think it was a few things. Um, I've always been willing to walk through any door that opens. And my feeling was if you invited me to the party, I'm coming. <laughs> I don't know if they'll let me stay there when they like realize, oh my gosh, she doesn't know much. Or she, what? You know, what is she thinking? You know, you could have any kind of reactions. But if you get invited to the party, go. Mm. And another thing, um, writing has always been important to me. Mm. So I've written books on everything that interests me at that moment. And that is a great, I mean, promotional piece, right? It, it really it, is. Yeah. Um, tell me what you think about if I ask you what the um, proudest professional moment has been for you. Hmm. The proudest professional moment. I would probably say, oh, that's a really tough one. There, maybe there's several. Maybe there's several. You know, there have been a lot of different ones. I have to probably say it's just that I've had so many people give me opportunities, and I believe in lineage, that if I look back through my life, somebody opened a door that led to the next thing that led to the next Mm -hmm. thing, and I always keep track of who referred what. And even when a new client would come in, I would always say, well, how did you find out about me? I always wanted to know the Mm -hmm. lineage so I could make sure I thanked that person. Yes. So it would be difficult to say. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps it's the people you have met along the way. I think it really is the the, people that are my proudest moment that I can say, I know these people. And this sounds really corny, but, you know, they like me. They refer business to me. (laughs) I'm a nice person. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and it's probably been that is my proudest thing, that I have a really good network of people. I think, you know, in getting to know you, you're so incredibly genuine. I think that that people will trust you then and want to do business with you. I say that all the time. You know? Thank you. Yeah. Um, Something we talk about on the show always is overcoming adversity. And I read an amazing story about you surviving a plane crash. Uh, Tell our audience about that. Um, I've actually had a few plane crashes. <laughs> and the first one was October 10th, 1981, where was flying out with someone I had just met that day because a friend of mine who I worked with said, oh my gosh, I have this great date. I've been trying to go out with this woman for a long time. My friend's coming into the city. There were no cell phones at the time. Could you just go flying with them? It just, was just going to be for a couple of hours. So we went flying. Um, I remember when he came to pick me up, my mother said to him, knowing I'm going flying at 21 years old with a complete stranger, or 20, (laughs) just remember, you have precious cargo in this plane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were flying out to West Hampton from uh, Republic Airport Base in uh, Central Islipt, and somewhere over the water in West Hampton, the propeller started to windmill. And then the radio went out. And um, those are two separate systems in a plane. So it was like, oh, my gosh, what the heck's going on? And the pilot just said to me, pull that nose, pull that yoke as close to your chest as possible to treat, try to keep the plane up. And um, we ended up crashing in West Hampton Air Force Base. We tried to make that runway. 
but we didn't. And the Air Force was fantastic. They were out there in moments. I guess it's a good place to go down. It is. It is. We hit brush. And when we hit the brush, that caught the propeller and the plane flipped Mm. and we were upside down. But the pilot, um, who had a very good sense of humor in the crash, um, came over. I was upside down, hanging upside down by my seatbelt and says to me, are you okay, precious cargo? Oh. <laughs> Obviously, my mother was on his mind. He remembered. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to not be in big trouble bringing her home. <laughs> but the irony is, so they send another plane to pick us up because we're out in um, West Hampton. And the plane blows an engine on takeoff. And at that point, I'm like, I don't care how we're getting back, but it's not going to be in a plane. No. Where's the train? Where's Yeah. There were no Ubers. No. And one year later, to the date, they said, you know what? You really got to get back in a plane. I hadn't been in a plane. And we got hit coming into New Jersey by someone who didn't have clearance to land, but it had started to drizzle and he was nervous. But you know what? None of this is even in the record books. There are people that have been crashed Tons of planes. Wow. Well, yeah. that's certainly a wake-up call, though, right? It, it makes you look at life differently. You know what? I'll never forget. Two days later, I went into work, and someone was really upset about something that was happening. And they thought there were going to be a lot of trouble. And I remember looking at them and said, this just doesn't matter. Don't yeah. sweat it. Right. You know, it yes. doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll get through it. Absolutely. It's all in the recovery anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Everything is. Yes. Um, we're going to go into another break. Uh, stay with us for Dr. Marianne Ritchie from Jefferson Health and Maggie and Terry from Fortis Wealth. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. What are antibiotics? Medicines that help us fight infections caused by bacteria. It may be pills, ointments, or through an IV. They can do a lot of good and with serious infections even save lives. However, people use them far too often, even when they're not needed, causing a very serious problem called antibiotic resistance. When a bacterium has been treated several times in one person or in a community, the bacteria can change, mutate, then the antibiotic no longer works. With antibiotic-resistant infection, you may need to be in the hospital, receive several antibiotics, and can even die. Common bacterial infections include strep throat, pneumonia, bladder infections, STDs like gonorrhea. Now, antibiotics fight infection from bacteria, not from viruses. They don't cure the common cold or flu. Most sore throats are viral, except strep throat. Sinus infections, bronchitis, are viral, but can become bacterial after about a week. And many have side effects, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, even vaginal yeast infections in women. You can develop an allergy to an antibiotic, even if you had no problem with it before. Some allergies are mild, rashes, itching. Some can be life-threatening, hives, lip or tongue swelling, trouble swallowing or breathing. These serious allergy signs usually occur immediately. So only take antibiotics when a doctor prescribes them. Never take antibiotics prescribed to someone else and don't take antibiotics given to you for a previous illness. Not all antibiotics work on all bacteria. You may need a culture, a lab test with urine or blood to learn the specific bacteria. This is impossible if you've already started an antibiotic. Do not pressure your doctor for antibiotics when he or she thinks you don't need them. If you are given antibiotics, finish all of it exactly as directed. Never skip doses or stop taking without asking your doctor. Because Divas, we aim to kill bugs with the right drugs. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth and you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch, Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, and this is Maggie, and we're from Fortis Wealth. 
You may have noticed that investment professionals speak in what sometimes sounds like their own language. We often get questions about the terms used, so we thought we would explain a few of them in layman's terms. So let's start with bull market. What is it, Terry? Bull market is most often used to refer to the stock market, but it can apply to anything that is traded, such as bonds, real estate, currencies, and commodities. It's when the prices are rising or are expected to rise. Many are calling the current stock market trend the longest bull market in history. So then a bear market is when prices go down? Exactly. In a bear market, investor confidence is low, and many opt to sell off their stocks for fear of further losses, thus fueling a cycle of negativity. The last prolonged bear market in the United States occurred between 2007 and 2009 during the financial crisis and lasted for roughly 17 months. The S&P 500 lost 50% of its value during that time. Speaking of the S&P 500, what is that? It's an index, which is a hypothetical portfolio of investments that represents a market segment like stocks or bonds. Indexes for tracking the U.S. market include the Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ Composite. Investors can't invest directly in an index, so they're used broadly as benchmarks or for developing index funds. We've been hearing a lot about the possibility of a recession. That doesn't sound good. A recession is a period of general economic decline, usually defined as six months or longer of negative GDP. It's generally characterized by higher unemployment, stagnant wages, and a fall in retail prices. A recession generally lasts no longer than one year and is much milder than a depression. Examples are the tech bubble in 2000 and the financial crisis in 2008. Okay, this is very helpful. Can we pick up with more of the lingo again later? Absolutely. We'll address other investment terms in future segments. Until then, this is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so delighted to have Diane Grissel with me here. And by the way, she flew in to Philadelphia. So you came from quite a, where, where did you come from? To New York City. In New York City. Okay. Wonderful. Um, so let's talk about silver disobedience, which is such a great concept name discussion to have. Let's tell the listeners how it came to be, because I think uh, Judy was a part of the launch of this wonderful organization. Yes. Two things happened at the same time. I had been a crisis management counselor for publicly traded companies, particularly FDA, FTC, SEC regulated for almost 25 years. And all of a sudden at 25, uh, uh, 58, I ended up working as a Wilhelmina model, and which was a big surprise at 58. And at the same time, my best friend for over 30 years, who's 20 years older than me, ended up in the hospital. And anyone who knows her would describe her as the liveliest person we know. Her name's Judy Katz. I got to give her a plug here. She's a ghostwriter of a ton of books. She's amazing. And um, so I thought, oh, my gosh, my clients are going to think I'm having a midlife crisis because now all of a sudden she has to post pictures on Instagram. And, <laughs> you, know, you have to do it. You're a model. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. I made a lot of fun about, you know, until I had to do it. And then right. it's like, oh, my gosh. Right. And at the same time. With my best friend in the hospital, I really started to wonder because she was the she's the youngest person we all know besides my mother, who's 90. And I started to wonder, was age a number or an attitude? Mm. And the first blog post I wrote sitting in her hospital room was a questioning that. And I put some thoughts down about it and I posted it on Facebook and over twenty five hundred people responded to it. So the next day I was sitting in the hospital with Judy. I said, you know, maybe I'll write another blog post and see what happens. <laughs> People liked it. They're yes. responding. Yeah, yeah. So tell me what, you know, um, what's at the heart of it? What is the mission? What do you hope people who come to your blog and read everything that you're sharing um, really walk away with? How can they, what is the one thing you hope for women in particular um, will change in their lives? Well, the interesting thing is, I say to everybody, it's that age, every age, is relevant. And although it started as silver disobedience, which was a play on words, because obviously I have silverish hair, and at the same time, civil disobedience being, let's peacefully resist the idea that age means you're becoming older, irrelevant, or obsolete, that play 
what I wanted people to think in the beginning has altered because now I have mm-hmm. followers that range from a 13-year-old boy that I know of wow. straight to a 103-year-old woman. Wow. And it's very, it's a very active community, although the majority are women in their um, 40s to late 60s. That's the majority. But it's a mix. And to me, every age is irrelevant and both sexes are irrelevant mm. or any sexes or let's these days with you know since we've got the people's bathroom as well so (laughs) you know regardless we're all relevant Mm. at every phase and we all have something to offer right and that you know that reminds me of something we talk about on the show a lot is that no matter if you know this show is about leadership and really Mm -hmm. wanting women to speak up and, and talk about what what matters to them right and what's important and it really doesn't matter where you are with that leadership if it's in your your family or on the global stage um it's all equally important it really is yeah you know i can think of times that one of my favorite people I ever hired I remember one time sent me a resume saying I I was looking for a personal assistant that was also an executive assistant I wanted to cross those two kinds of lines and she wrote something well you know I'm just a I've just been a mother and I thought just Mm. holy moly that word does not belong before mother right you know I know what my mother did growing up right And it's probably why I didn't have kids till I was 40. I was terrified of all the jobs that come with motherhood. (laughs) It's petrified. (laughs) You know, so nobody's adjust anything. Mm. We need it all. And if you don't think every role is important, try to run your business without a receptionist answering the phone in a positive way. You need that uplift or we wouldn't have had clients every step along the way. Yeah. Tell me um, in your career, I know that you've, you met a lot of fascinating people. Is there one person that, you know, is at the forefront of your mind that, that you're so grateful that you had the opportunity to meet and perhaps learn something from? You know, I would have to say a lot, but um, I talked about my friend Judy earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have to say Judy because I met Judy at 24. She was 48. <clears throat> and um, she taught me a few things. At 24, I wouldn't say I necessarily had integrity. I might say I was going someplace, but if something better came up, I might not have showed up. And she really taught me. um, I remember very vividly getting invited to a party on uh, 4th of July, and she went out of her way to get me an invite to it. And I stayed out a little too late the night before and kind of blew it off. And when she called me, she said, you know what? You have no integrity. And what an eye opener, Mm. you know, here was someone who was opening my life to a enabled me to live in New York City from Long Island, which I wouldn't have been able to do at the time if somebody didn't help me out. And I was full of myself or whatever. And it was it was Mm. a good eye opener. Yeah. And there's another one, too. There was a guy that um, Francisco Alvarez, who when I met was uh, over 40 years older than me. But he taught me another great lesson about um respect. And that was, I knew he valued me as an employee. And one day he said to me, I must have said something a little too sassy and obnoxious, probably. And he I asked, can't picture that, by the <laughs> oh, no. way. <laughs> well, at that point, I was 18. So it took me from 18 <laughs> to 24 to get it right. We all do that, right? We go through that. <laughs> but he said to me, Diane, can you imagine a bucket of water? And I said, yes. And he said, can you imagine putting your fist in that bucket of water? And I said, yes. And he goes, can you imagine taking your hand out of that bucket of water? I said, yeah. He goes, you know I love you. I love having you here. He goes, but you see that hole you left in that bucket of water? He goes, don't ever back me into a corner again, because that's the size hole you'll leave in this organization. Wow. And so between the two of them, those would probably, and I've had a lot of great people, but those two taught me major lessons. And how interesting. So those two statements have stayed with you and those are life lessons. That's not necessarily business advice or financial advice or how to do this or that. That's right. It's about character. Be respectful. Yeah. Your word is what you have in life. Absolutely. Your word and your name. Yeah. And they're very closely tied. So protect your last name and you protect it with having words that and your deeds and actions match. Yeah. 
And that's what I say with writing Silver Disobedience. It forces me to walk the talk. Right, exactly. (laughs) Listen, we're going to go into our very last break. When we come back, I'm going to start with a quote um, that I love. Stay with us for Mary Manzo from Pathways Consulting Group. We'll be right back. This is the Women to Watch. Diversity Watch. Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. What's the difference between someone who's stubborn and someone who's persistent? In analyzing the details, a stubborn person keeps doing what they're doing even though they know there is a disadvantage for them in persisting. They do that because they do not want to change their mind or are so blinded by seeking revenge that they do not care how this will put them at a greater risk. Not backing off simply because we do not want to admit that we were wrong is stubbornness. Persisting in an opinion, even though deep inside we know we shouldn't, is a decision that we will likely be regretting later on, even though we may not admit it. Stubborn people may also be hard to reconcile. So even after the argument is over and apologies are made, it takes them ages, if ever, to go back to their usual selves. In the beginning of creation, when Satan refused to bow down to Adam, Claiming he was better than him, he asked God to be granted time so he can tempt people and drag them down along with him. He followed arrogance with stubbornness. Today's prophetic ethic is being flexible, lenient, and good-hearted, letting go of an opinion when we discover it wasn't the best, and being confident in changing our mind, caring less about what would people think because it's just the right thing to do. Admitting a mistake or changing an opinion for the better can only be regarded as a virtue and increase people in their humility. The prophet and role model of Muslims, Muhammad peace be upon him, said, God made me a humble and generous servant and not made me arrogant and stubborn. In other words, saying God has intended for him to be humble and generous and not arrogant and stubborn. Blessed are the ones guided to those good traits. For more ethics that Muslims believe in, visit HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. I'm so proud to announce that Pathways was named the number 14 best small business firm to work for by Consulting Magazine. My business partner, Jeff Givanazzo, and I, along with other team members, received our award last week at the University Club in Chicago. It was such an honor to be amongst other award winners, including one of our clients and even one of the leading consulting firms in the nation. The award is validation to our employees that they work in a nurturing environment where their efforts really do matter. For our clients, it's confirmation that our team is top-notch. To be able to achieve recognition of this kind demonstrates our team's care and like what they do, which is to provide exemplary service. Career development and company culture were two categories the magazine listed as our biggest strengths. We want our teams to evolve with the company, so we constantly sponsor their attendance in workshops and have invested in in-house training initiatives. Our teams feel comfortable and even at home when they come to work. Pathways is a safe place for them to excel professionally, and as a result, we've had extremely low employee turnover. As a technology service provider for the cloud platform called ServiceNow, our clients are evolving and adopting change at light speed, so it's critical to maintain a high level of positivity, quality, and care. Even during critical projects and last-minute deliverables, our team maintains outstanding chemistry and composure. Pathways is a true testament that great culture produces positive results. If you haven't adopted a culture program in your organization, it's important to consider. It really makes a difference and can be measured in results. If you're looking for help, check out WeCulture at weincludesyou.com. If you have a story to share about your company culture, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
Welcome back. I wanted to start this last segment with a quote um, that I love that, that you said. You said, life is best when we are enthusiastically devouring each moment of the day instead of wishing we could be doing something else. And I, th- I thought about that, and I thought so many times we're one place thinking about another and wishing we're in another place. And I think, and I might have touched on this at the top of the show, I think sometimes we wake up with all the great, greatest of intentions, happy it's going to be a great day, and then things happen uh, around us or perhaps people in our lives can kind of derail our best intentions. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, what is your mantra for those moments? How do you bring yourself back to that place of really appreciating and being grateful for where you are? Well, you know, in the past three years, I've had a concussion a year and a couple of them were whoppers. Wow. And um, I smashed my, in fact, right after signing with Wilhelmina, I was, don't walk down the streets of New York with your hands shoved in your pocket or Philadelphia, shoved real deep on a cold day because you can't pull them out if you trip and start to face plant. Oh, no. (laughs) So I sent my teeth through my upper lip and I uh, did a whole bone bruise, which is like when you see the top level of the porcelain break, that's my cheek. Wow. And um, so the big, I would say my big thing is pay attention to what's happening now. Because the only way I think I tripped three times is because I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was having a whole great conversation about what I was going to talk to somebody about. (laughs) (laughs) How I was going to get them straight. (laughs) Thinking ahead to where you were going. Yeah. It's Instead hard, of though. paying attention in that moment. Yes. But there's times when we need to prepare. Yes. Right? You know, for me and what I do, and, and I have to have the ability to be thinking ahead sometimes. But, but you're in that moment preparing. Yes. When you're sitting and preparing, that's that moment preparing. Yes. But it's not preparing when you're talking to your kids or your husband, and they're trying to tell you something. And, you know, the new phrase you hear kids say all the time is, you're talking to them and then they say, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? You know, be, which means nobody's really paying attention. We can tell you have teenagers. <laughs> By the way, she does. Two teenagers. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people do it now because we're so caught up in whatever we're doing that all of a sudden someone starts to talk. We're really not ready to shift our attention over there. So, yes, you have your time when you're preparing for the show and then you have your time when you're having dinner with someone. Mm. So it's... Just be in whatever it is you're doing. Right. And I think, you know, we can't talk about teenagers and millennials without talking about technology and the Internet in in general. I love our ability to connect. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how you and I met. Had it not been for technology, the Internet, you know, you wouldn't be sitting here. But at the same time, there's so much negativity um, out there. So and the information overload. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is your, I guess, philosophy for kind of not letting all of that information and negativity kind of come into your space as well? Well, you know, when I started Silver Disobedience, there were a couple of ground rules that this is a place where we focus on ourselves. So I don't allow any political commentary Mm. at all. That's dangerous. Well, my feeling yeah. is there are plenty of other places on online. There are plenty of places where people can talk about their views on anything. On my page, we talk about ourselves. I start the discussion with what I'm working on, what I'm thinking about. I remind everyone, don't assume I've got it all together. These are my meditations. I'm writing these so I walk the talk. So don't elevate me. We're all the same. We're all on the same level trying to figure it out. And I'm constantly reminding people, we're all trying to figure it out. Don't think I've got it anymore together. I lose it just like everybody else does. And then I apologize like everybody else has. (laughs) In fact, my husband says I'm getting better at using that S word, which starts, ends with a Y, not a T. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But, um... So I really think that's, you know, by setting those ground rules, and if we all focus on ourselves, and I mean that in the most positive way, Mm -hmm. if instead of talking about what's wrong with you or you or you, 
and we say, well, why am I worried about what's, why, why does what they're doing bothering me? Mm. And we yes. bring it back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You get a lot more growth that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, what kind of advice do you have for women who might be listening or in our audience who they're kind of at a pivotal moment? Um, they're recognizing what brings them joy and perhaps what they should be doing, and they're not doing that, um, to give them that encouragement to take that step and raise their voice. I think when you, when you were talking about you saying to others, don't look at me as I'm special or different, but what you're doing is you are speaking up and you're sharing what you believe in. And that's really, at the end of the day, what we want all women to do. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that woman that's kind of just right there, but needs that boost? Well, there are the realities of life. We need to all pay our bills. We need to cover rent. We need to make sure there's a roof over our head and all things like that. So first I would say is take care of your basics. Make sure you've got those covered before you jump off any cliffs with some great new idea. But while you're percolating that idea, you can still be doing what you need to do. Carve out the time. Mm. Um, A blog that I wrote that's going to be out this week is how I write. I leave myself 15 minutes a day to write. And some days, that 15 minutes, I sit and I look at a blank page or I look at a bunch of stuff because I just wrote it because I'm just not in the mood. And then other days, I'm fl- it's flowing. It's just flowing mm, out. Yes. But I always tell people if there's something you want to do, carve out a time for 15 minutes is the mandatory that you must sit and work on it. But have it be a time when you could have a full hour So if you feel the groove, you can keep going for that full hour. Mm. So whatever it is, if it's working on your show ideas or if it's how you're going to launch a new site on Etsy or begin your jewelry company or become a consultant, spend 15 minutes a day, no matter what your current job is, thinking about how you want to do the next one. Then tell everybody, fake it till you make it. Mm. I mean, one of my favorite stories was a Richard Brand in the Richard Branson book, Losing My Virginity. And he talks about he was trying to get um, John Lennon to do the cover of a magazine when he was 17 years old. Yes, I remember that yes. story. Yeah. And, he, and, and he says to his assistant, listen, what I need you to do, I don't know if John Lennon's going to be in my office for one minute or an hour, but exactly 30 seconds to him being in that office, walk in and say, excuse me, Richard, mix on the phone. There you go. <laughs> and that's all the assistant said, and he closed the deal. So believe what you want to do, play the game, tell everyone it's what you're doing, mm. and it's amazing how it starts to happen. That's very true. Are you familiar with Amy Cuddy? Yes. Because, yes, her yes. whole mantra is that fake it till you make it. And you can do that. You can be churning inside. Yeah. But, you know, on the exterior, just go through those motions, and eventually it becomes second nature. Yeah. And I recently, you know, it's funny, I recently just saw the Rolling Stones on this last tour, and I had read an interview with Mick Jagger again, um, and he said that every time he goes on stage for the least the first song, he's sweating profusely. His hands are sweaty. He's not sure he can hold the mic. He's, and it, here wow. you have Mick Jagger saying, I wonder if they'll still think I'm relevant. Wow. And That's all that effort and work. So, but you know what? He goes through it. Yeah. And does a great show. Yeah. Yeah, he does still. <laughs> um, we're trying Same. to move like Jagger. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Um, I want to, you know, not forget to talk about the book. And uh, I have it here. And, and for our Facebook audience, um, Silver Disobedience Playbook, we can't, you know, go through the book. But a couple of tips, like what are your basic, you know, one, two, threes about the playbook and just really helping women again who are. And by the way, what is the age now for midlife? I, I understand it's changed. It's I've, I've heard the World Health, Health Organization has changed it to 60. 60. But again, Which you means heard we're going to be 120. Theory. Well, you know, I've, I've lived my life. My goal is to be 137. Wow. That's my goal. But again, I don't know when that second half began, so I got a lot to do today. Right, right. Which <laughs> is why I'm here with you. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you, my son is in the audience, and I'm going to give him a shout out. It's his birthday as well. And when he was little, he asked, he said something to me about dying. 
And I said, well, I promise I'm going to live to be 100. Um, so I have to live up to that promise. There you go, Mom. <laughs> but and I'm going to read the book. But uh, something, you know, what's one of your favorite tidbits that's in here that might spark people's interest to pick it up? My favorite is probably the opening where I remind everybody that you're a one of a kind. There's never going to be another. Just think of the magic of that. Yeah. It's so amazing to yeah. think you can't, you're incomparable. And that's really how to look at it. You are incomparable. If you were one of a kind, you know, fruits, you can't say an apple is better than an orange. They're all fruits and they're mm. delicious. <laughs> Right. And original. Yes. And unique. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, but I think we, we have those conversations and I can remember being a kid and adults, certain adults in my life that maybe were mentors, you know, saying you're, you're special and you're unique and, you know, go and do what, you know, your heart desires. Sometimes it's really hard to tap into what that is. Well, there, there's a fine line. You're special and unique, but you owe it to the world to show it. The Mm -hmm. action has to kick in. Yeah. You know, you can be great, but if you're not acting on that greatness, then you wasted an opportunity. You wasted a life. Yeah. Listen, we're at the end of the show. I'm <laughs> so you. grateful that you came in and, and uh, shared your story with us here on uh, Talk Radio and in front of our audience. I'm honored as well. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much to my sponsors and contributors for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone, and happy birthday, Christopher Rocco. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.